Okay, of course, that is the introduction video, which always gets me very fired up having Josh Dion just transition us over with that little thumbs up that we are live on air in the sit down. It is Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Guys, we had a, an incredible week one of football, not just for the Buffalo Bills, but holy cow, across the entire league. And we're going to get you guys ready for that week two matchup that will be hosted on Monday Night Football for our very home opener. Monday night, you guys baby. are just now tuning in. Welcome to the sit down here on the Built in Buffalo Network. We are in partnership with Ticket IQ, West Her, and of course, Picasso's Pizza. And if you guys are out there, don't forget to hit that like and share. Hit that follow button. If you're watching live on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and turn those notifications on so you don't miss our show or any of the other incredible shows that are here on the Built-in Buffalo Network, which is your best source for Buffalo News 24-7, baby. So first of all, let's get right to it. Welcome back, Mafia Montage, a.k.a. Lancer. Tell me, buddy, what was it like being in L.A.? Give us a little recap. And, of course, we missed you last week, but uh, it was for good cause. Give us a little bit of what it was like to be in Los Angeles last week for that incredible performance. Hey, Bills Mafia. How you doing? Yeah, first of all, great show last week, obviously. I uh, wish I could have been on, but uh, I was flying back, and you guys absolutely destroyed it, so that was awesome. And uh, L.A. was great. Um, you know, sunny weather, very hot, but uh, the Bills backers bars out there, uh, South Bay, OC, and LA all took care of the Bills Mafia out there. Really cool. Had a welcoming party and then had a tailgate that was absolutely an awesome time. Had a lot of stuff going on. Um, there was a casino right outside of the uh, place, the uh, stadium, so that was kind of cool. Um, little Texas Hold'em afterwards, but no, it was all good and uh, a good time had by all. Obviously, I enjoyed the heck out of that game, man. Boy, the, the Bills, I'm not going to rehash too much i know everyone's already heard it but but man just uh, a great performance after the game was tied 10 10 they just uh, absolutely took off and and had everything buttoned up so it was really cool to see that happen now lance tell me is this your first ever road game as a buffalo bills fan no no I've, i mean i've been to tennessee i've been to pittsburgh new england uh, a few a few others so yeah no, well the reason i ask is um the technically the first game that i actually ever attended was in 2005 uh it was in san diego when the chargers were still the san diego chargers and i'll tell you what it was an incredible uh feeling just because of the fact that there were so many damn bills fans there so guys before we get into anything else uh we're going to recap a little bit of what happened last week in that game and what lance saw first and foremost but i see we got some comments out there keep those comments in lance let's check out with what everybody out there is saying right now in our comment section yeah jason's coming in saying uh bill's on fire yeah i was on fire man i didn't tan i and uh like spin there's spins rejoining us after uh a week off maybe i didn't see him last show i was on yeah. so um mike's in there go bills baby, go bills, baby. Go. okay so let's get to it now lance obviously last week was an incredible performance all around for the buffalo bills football team offensively defensively special teams in all three phases of the game the buffalo bills were clicking now what was it like to see it in person seeing it on tv is a much different experience but what was the atmosphere like what was going on how were you feeling when you're watching the bills do exactly what they were doing yeah, it was uh, incredible, man. Just uh, indescribable. I, every other away game I've been to, except for I think the Jacoby Brissett Patriots game we won in Foxborough, but the uh, all the others, Philadelphia, uh, we did win in Tennessee actually. But but I I've experienced some bad losses and some bad games. The Tennessee game we won, but it was not a great showing. So this was so cool to be there, and the stadium was actually you know, majority of Bills fans, obviously. So it was just really cool to see him out there and uh, executing at a high level. First team of the season, just ran out of the gates. Let's go. Now, when I was watching on TV, Lance, it was just, holy cow, that defensive pass rush was just so fast. It felt like they were just yeah. so effective, right? So the game, when you're in person, feels like it is a little bit, in a sense, slowed down. You know what I mean? Like you're not hearing the commentators, so you're kind of, watching yeah. it and breaking it down and perceiving it as it goes. Right. So what was it really like to see that incredibly effective Bills pass rush in their very first game? I know as a person who loves the offense of a defensive line, what was it like for you to see that in person? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I felt like the defensive lines on both sides of the ball were just on fire. I mean, Allen had to step up or move pretty quickly from Donald and some other guys there. And then also, uh, yeah, you know, the Bills pass rush was getting home with just a four-man rush, and that's you just love to see it, right? So it's just really cool to 
you know, see Von Miller come in right away, have success against his former team. Didn't take him long to get that first sack. And that was just an incredible moment there. So. And I'll tell you what, it's a way different vibe on the West Coast versus the East Coast. As somebody who lived on the West Coast for a decent amount of years of my lifetime, I just know that the culture is different. The love for football, I don't think, is as strong and passionate. As much as I'm not trying to knock people on the West Coast for the love of their teams, I don't think you get as passionate as we do here in the Northeast when we don't have casinos right outside our stadium. We don't have that type of nightlife, but it doesn't matter because Buffalo is great in its own way, right? But, wow. What a time to be a Buffalo Bills fan, as I always say. I mean, just way to be there, Lance. I appreciate you for, of course, repping uh, Bills Mafia, as well as repping the sit-down in the Built-in Buffalo Network. I know you got to get with several people. We actually put a couple of your pictures up last show. Um, We definitely did miss you. Matt was pretty solid in your place, but we definitely did miss you. So, Lance, let's go ahead. Let's get after uh, what we're actually here to talk about, and that is our preview of Tennessee this week. And now, if you guys are just now tuning in, do not forget to hit that like and share button. You are live here in the sit-down with the Buffalo Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God and, of course, Mafia Montage at Lancer at oh, 24 boys. on Twitter. So, Lance, let's get to it. The Bills will host the Tennessee Titans for a home opener week two. And the game will take place on Monday Night Football on ESPN with new commentators Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. It's just a weird, different vibe, right? But, of course, this is something – that I think we're all kind of looking at a little bit more than just the home opener, right? Because it is a game where we have lost the last two. The Bills are one and three. I'm sorry, one and two in their last three against the Tennessee Titans. And we're going to talk about those two losses specifically. But first and foremost, I think that there is an actual dynamic to this matchup between these two teams, Lance. I think there's a little bit of a rivalry that exists there. I think there's a little bit of a, a tie that goes on in between Bills Mafia and Tennessee, as we've seen Bills Mafia take over Nashville several times, including yourself. And so there, yeah. the history between these two is something we're going to talk about briefly. The Bills going one and two in their last three. And I'll tell you what, those last two losses are not something that I'm exactly looking at as negative things. I'm going to tell you why here briefly. But Lance, what does this yeah. matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans truly mean to you? Is this a rivalry? What is this? Yeah, and it's personal for me. I got um, my best friend's uncle lives down, and and I've kind of adopted him as my uncle too. But he lives down in uh, Nashville, and he uh, had us there and just gave us the red carpet treatment. Man, couldn't be more thankful for uh, Uncle Billy out there, and just uh, really cool atmosphere. Yeah, and we uh, we partied hard. It was so weird getting drunk so early in the morning because it was an hour earlier, and uh, it was great though. I mean, the 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 people out there in Tennessee are just, you know, they're great people too. And they're like one of the most respectable fan bases I've ever been around. They accepted us in. They didn't care that we were Bills fans. You know, we were sitting with most of them and they just was like, you know, part of the football family. It didn't matter that our two teams were facing off that day. And uh, now it's just built into a heck of a uh, on-field rivalry. These guys, you know, we have a guy who's round and pound um, in Mike Rabel with a good defensive mind, right? And then now we've got a high-octane offense here with a defense that's got to prove that they can kind of go against the the ground and pound style and have some success. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously we're going to touch on this, but we're going to be probably a little shorthanded on the defensive line uh, looks like, but uh, you know, I'm looking for these new additions that we, that we had uh, coming in and stepping up Daquan Jones and Jordan Phillips, obviously being the, the two main ones there. Now, I obviously, there's a lot of things about this matchup that I definitely take a look at, and we're going to get to that as well. But in speaking in just to regards as what this matchup means between these two teams, and I'm curious as to what you guys are saying in the comments as well. Is this a rivalry to you guys? Is this something, as Lance said, uh, a personal type of matchup for you? And I'm going to explain to you exactly what this means to me. First of all, let's clear, let's actually correct the saying Music City Miracle. Let's get that last word, uh, Music City Lateral. That is the correct word with the last sounding of O or whatever. It's not Miracle. It was a lateral. We all know it. However, we can't dwell on it. All right. We had a little bit of a time between that and our next appearance in the playoffs. Yes, I know. And I know that it was BS. But at the end of the day, this is a rivalry to me because these are two of the top teams Um, within their own divisions. You know, the AFC South has basically been run by the Colts and the Titans for a while now. So I think that 
and the things that have existed in the previous matchups obviously make this a little bit tougher. The way that we've lost the last two makes this a little bit more of something that I highlight being a opener for our home first home game of the season and coming on Monday night football. There is a different, a different feel to this game for sure. I think that Mike Vrabel being the coach as well, let's not forget that he played for the New England Patriots, and I was used to seeing his name at times and, and times that I don't necessarily think I'm going to see Mike Vrabel's name, catching extra, uh, you know, two-point conversions for the Patriots. Mike Vrabel pissed me off even playing as a New England Patriots. So when I watch him sitting there coaching with his freaking sweater vest on the sideline, yeah, I don't like the guy. And I also saw the way that he coached in the playoff last year and I'm still surprised that he has a job. We'll talk about that more as well. But let's check in with what you guys are saying in the comments as to what this matchup really means. Lance, pull up some comments for me, brother. Let's see what they're saying out there right now. We have the comeback game over the franchise, and they have the home run throwback, a.k.a. Music City Lateral, plus many others. So it's a low-key rival. Have a great show, guys, and go Bills. Well, thank you, Matthew, first of all. Uh, yes, it is. Music City Miracle is how some people call it. <laughs> Titans fans call it that. Now, Here's another thing, too. Do we consider the Oilers to be the Titans? You know what I mean? Do we consider the Oilers yeah. to be the Titans? Okay, so we, we go back even further. Yeah. We have the greatest We got the greatest comeback, as was just said by Matthew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Frank Reich, what he was able to do against Warren Moon that game, aha, it's incredible. But it's definitely, a, you know, the Titans have been a really good team for a few years now, ever since they got Ryan Tannehill over there and they got Derrick Henry as kind of the main guy. They've had a pretty solid defense, pretty solid offensive line in recent years. They've been able to have success against the New England Patriots when they had Tom Brady still. They just have been able to do it sort of well. They've right. also played, in my opinion, a little bit of a weaker division in that AFC South with, the, uh, with respect to the Colts, of course. But it's, again, a game that <laughs> previous years, you know what I mean? It's a game that we definitely want to win, and it's a game that we want to definitely feel like we're past because I think – the biggest reason that we, we we look at the Titans a lot more than we, maybe we should is because they have Derrick Henry. And the Bills' biggest weakness as a defensive unit in recent years has been two things, pass rush and, and stopping the run. This is a much different defense when it comes to stopping the run. And it's also a much different Titans offense without A.J. Brown and without certain offensive line uh, members too. So, of course, there's a lot of things we're going to look into with this matchup. But that's what this matchup means to me. It's definitely personal. I love that you said that, Lance. And I love what yeah. you guys are saying out there in the comments because, of course, you are live here in the sit-down on the Built in Buffalo Network with the Buffalo Sauce Guide and Mafia Montage. And, of course, Built in Buffalo is in partnership with Picasso's Pizza, Ticket IQ, and West Her, New York. And well, something you said earlier, you kind of, uh, you know, one and two, the two losses. You know, yeah, Josh slipped, you know, on a fourth We're going to talk about that you know? for sure. And, the, and it's like it, you got two losses out of that deal, but um, – maybe just one where you really were, you know, beat and the other one, you kind of beat yourself. So, um, so we're going to talk about that right now too. And I want to know what you guys out there think were those bills last two losses. Now the last win was in 2019, a certain receiver by the name of Duke Williams, who I know a lot of out there in Bill's mafia still hope it comes back. He had that game winning touchdown, of course, in Josh Allen's second year as the starting quarterback for the team. And it was a game that was definitely a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a nail biter and it was exciting but I definitely think, uh, wow, you know, that's the last time that we beat him. Okay, so let's talk about these last two losses, Lance. Were these last two losses, now you can tell me one of them was, both of them were, they both weren't, one, you know, whatever. But were these last two losses for the Buffalo Bills really something that was real to you and something that you look at and maybe we should consider Titans to be a little bit more favored than they are now? Or what do you think? I don't think they ended up mattering in the outcome of the season. They may have changed seeding. I don't really, I mean, if Tennessee was one and we were three or something, I don't think that would have flip-flopped it. I don't remember the records off the top of my head, but, you know, I think that, you know, it was a good lesson, you know, and it made these guys improve in these areas that we have. And it's setting us up now for this run that we're ready for here because we've got those pieces now with Daquan Jones. We have Jordan Phillips. We have a revised defensive line. I just really am excited to see, how these linebackers flow off this new defensive line and the the attention they command, you know, by, by all five offensive linemen. So now you're going to be trying to get linebackers with receivers and tight ends and running backs that are fullbacks, you know, that aren't really going to be as effective as an offensive lineman coming down onto a linebacker. So I'm just really looking forward to seeing that. And I think that, you know, obviously Rousseau and uh, Von Miller are going to have to have a huge game as well uh, coming off the edge to, to slow down, you know, and crash in and, and slow down Henry. So, 
And by the way, too, uh, what's the status of Ed Oliver and Tim Settle? We will get to that later in the show as well. But right now we are discussing, of course, the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills in the last three matchups. Now, that last win, of course, was awesome. Josh Allen wasn't expected to do all that much that year. I think that 2019 kind of overperformed, which was a really great thing. Uh, We overachieved in a sense. But the last two losses, Lance, I look at in 2020, 42-16. Let's start there. That loss is a fluke, and I'm going to tell you exactly why. The Tennessee Titans screwed the entire league with their whole team getting the COVID and breaking protocols and like, okay, we don't know if we're playing Kansas City. We don't know if we're playing Tennessee. Okay, we got a fucking football game on a Tuesday night. Yeah. All right, so let's look at that, right? That, in a sense, is a fluke, right? You don't know who you're preparing for. It kind of will screw things up. And, of course, the Tennessee Titans, respect to them, were good that year. But the Buffalo Bills, I think, were a much superior team. And I don't think I'm being biased in saying that. So when you don't know who you're preparing for, you got the Kansas City Chiefs who are coming off of a world championship and are the team that you're kind of hoping to get over the hump against. You just It kind of screws up your preparation. And, again, the days off to recover, the, it's just the different days of the week, it yeah. throws off your entire rhythm. So let's make sure that we always acknowledge that when we look at the first loss, right? Yeah. Look at loss number two. I'm going to pull up a video for you guys real quick because I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to get fired up about it. And I swear to God, I probably think that you guys will too because people will say that this was an incredible run. Uh, if you pay attention closely, there were certain penalties that were not called. Let's take a look at that right now, Montage. Look at A.J. Brown. He's going to hold. Look at 15 holding. Boom. Look at A.J. Brown right there. Boom. Bad. Bad. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Derrick Henry takes it to the house. We all know. That get, that run right there was the only thing that Derrick Henry ever got going for that Tennessee Titans team. And a 1,000%, I know that there were at least three holding calls that were not away from the play or, like, far away from it. No. They were right there on the play where it absolutely mattered. So, yeah. of course, to me, that run does not do shit for me. It, it's, it should be negated. And, of course, Josh Allen slips to go in for the touchdown. But I still, and I don't care what anybody says. You didn't even give us a warning for the rated R sauce, God. He just came right out. What's it's going always going to be here. Rated R sauce, God, <laughs> is, is the authentic sauce, God, during the season, of course. But I love you, kids. Uh, what I'm saying here is this. Josh slips, but I still love Sean McDermott for the fact that he wanted to go for it instead of kicking a field goal and continuing that battle because it was a fucking battle. We all know that. But I'm still loving that Sean McDermott was willing to put his trust in his guys, especially in Josh Allen, who we all know is a baller. So I look at those last two losses. Last year, all right, I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. You know, penalties, you know, bad penalties that aren't called happen. I'll give it to him. The year before, I cannot give to him. 42 to 16 was a, was a bunch of a fluke. Lance, what, anything more that you got to say in regards to those last two losses? I'm with you, man. I'm 100% with you. Okay, let's take a look at some of these comments as well real quick. I see that. Love that hat. Lancer says Justin Calhoun. Uh, Jason Taylor says Edmonds needs to be on his game. I like that. I wouldn't call it a fluke. But the Bills definitely should have won that game. Yes, I uh, definitely can agree with that. And, of course, I'm loving what you guys are out there saying in the comments. I need you guys to keep those coming for us. Of course, we are live here in the sit-down on the Built in Buffalo Network, getting you guys prepared for this Monday night football game, which, by the way, uh, you might be able to find myself and Mafia Montage at the tailgate for sure. If you guys want to get with us, follow us on Twitter right now, Buffalo Sauce God. And, of course, at Lancer N24, the best two. Show host here, getting you guys absolutely ready for Tennessee. I'll tell you what, Lance, it's it's a matchup, I think, that this year as well, the Buffalo Bills are a much different football team. I don't think the Titans are the same team. I think the Titans are starting to look a little bit more like Tannehill is not necessarily the guy for the future, and they might need a little bit more firepower than just Derrick Henry. It's a team that's also without A.J. Brown. So with that being said, let's let this take us into our next segment, and of course that is looking at the key matchups on offense and defense for this game. Lance, why don't you start us off here, brother, and tell us what are you looking at most on offense and defense when it comes to these matchups? Well, I'm going to be obviously looking at the line as I usually do, but this is more important than most matchups because the line is going to play a huge part. So controlling the front seven on either side of the ball is just going to be where the game is won in this matchup. That's the that's why I enjoy this matchup so much is because 
it is very dependent on line play, which I obviously enjoy the most. I watch it every game unless, you know, it's just domination one way or another. So, you know, it's just going to be, I think, just a really cool matchup. So they're so closely matched, but now Tennessee loses some offensive linemen from last year. They lose a guard that played their best last week. So it's kind of one of those things where how are the lines, you know, Bill's defensive line, a little banged up. Don't know if we're even going to have either uh, Oliver or Settle at this point. They're on the verge of missing the game. We'll see for sure tomorrow probably. And, um, you know, one more practice to see. And and this is just going to be the, the the most fun game of the season for me um, watching, watching the line because these two teams are so – uh, front seven oriented on both sides of the ball that it's just, I, I enjoy it the most. So what do you, what do you got to say for your key matchups? Well, I think I'm looking at Derrick Henry versus this defensive line. Now a much different defensive line than he's seen in the previous two years entirely. Um, Derrick Henry is, is a very, very gifted running back in the sense that he is, we all know he's a tank. We know what he can do. We know what he can do with, you know, a depleted offensive line. We know that the guy could still get it going regardless. So first and foremost, the thing that I look at for this game is this Buffalo Bills team has to find a way to stop Derrick Henry. I mean, it's a team that I don't think Ryan Tannehill beats them. I think it's a thing that Derrick Henry beats them, and we beat ourselves, of course. But I think I look at that matchup, and I also look at uh, this Bills receiving core against the secondary. Is the secondary going to be able to defend this Bills passing attack? I mean, okay, now here's something else I look at. The Bills' offense kind of performed, in a sense, they underperformed. They still played well. They underperformed, but I'm really curious to see how they rebound this week after especially some mistakes in the slot receiver role coming from, I'm looking at you, Lil Dirty, Isaiah McKenzie. I'm looking at you, Zach Moss, with the fumble. I'm looking at you, James Cook, with the fumble. But I'm also looking at guys like Devin Singletary who have not been making mistakes. I'm looking at a guy like that, how he does against this defensive unit for the Tennessee Titans as well because it's a unit that has – been able to stop the run in previous years. I'm not sure if they're necessarily going to be able to stop this Bills run this year. So as far as key matchups, I just think the Bills roster overall is is much better. I don't think that this Tennessee team has quite the firepower that it once did. It was a much different dynamic when they had A.J. Brown out there for sure. I think that what he brings to the game, we're seeing with Philadelphia right now, by the way. The dude had an incredible debut over there with uh, Jalen Hurts. And uh, what he's doing in Philadelphia shows exactly why you know, for some of us, we can kind of like, whew, thank God. But, of course, I believe the, the Titans did add Robert Woods to the, to the roster, if that's correct. Uh, that's my guy, man. I love okay. that receiver so much. And I met him, and he was just such a cool – Shout out to Robert cool Woods, dude, former you know, Buffalo so. Bill. You know, much respect to the former USC receiver. Of course, he's a guy that we're going to have to definitely look at as well. And it's, again, a, it's a situation where, okay, Dane Jackson might not be good to go this week. Then we look at the defensive backs of Christian Bedford and Kyer Lam, rookies more young guys that have to step up in big roles when we need them. But this is a game that we cannot afford those simple mistakes. We cannot afford to beat ourselves in this game. So I look at the Tennessee Titans and I look at the matchup overall. I'm looking more at the Buffalo Bills itself because it looks like right now, montage, the Bills are the only thing that can defeat the Bills. And you understand what I'm saying? No shoot yourself in the foot. No beating yourself. No stupid penalties. No Bitching and moaning because there were no holding penalties called yeah. on that run play either because we should never have been in that situation. We had a number one defense. They should not have had that many points. However, this is a much different team, a much different week, a much different situation, and a much more mature Buffalo Bills team. So let's see what you guys out there are saying in the comments as far as these key matchups. Lance, take us through some of these comments, brother. Yeah, a lot of uh, Shaq comments here. and just going to see uh, Matt. You know, saying we're due to dominate them uh, after the last two L's that we took. Tanhill not great coming up to Orchard Park, and uh, again, see if Shaq's going to play. So, you know, these are things we're going to have to see. Um, see uh, two former Titan linemen. I think they are going to play to our advantage. I'm not sure the offense um, is any secret. They hand the ball to Derrick Henry, and he runs through the open hole. And that's, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, know. what are you going to do? You know, they gotta they gotta beat their blocks. They gotta get off one on one. So I mean, I. I don't think the offense is overly difficult to stop. They got a great running back and then they run play action off that. And it's just bound to work because you have to respect the run so hard that if you don't, you're going to get beat one way or the other. So, uh, yeah. 
Let's see this one too. Still got love for Robert Woods. What, what do we got here from Spin? It's Jordan Phillips versus Tyler Lewin round two. What do you got to say about that one? Man? Yeah, there's some. Uh, I was reading the social media uh, bickering between those guys uh, a few years back before um, uh, Phillips and I think Shaq even got in on it too with uh, Tyler Lewin. So uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting. We'll see if there's any little pregame scuffles out there or anything like that. You know, a little meet you at the 50 yard line and see what's up kind of deal, or it's all going to be in game and just, um, you know, for the love of the game. So. Um, you know, the, I think that that's great. I mean, that can kind of tailor us in here to the to the trench report, right? So, you know, Robert or uh, excuse me, Shaq Lawson definitely would be great to see. He's good against the run, especially with the potential for Settle and Oliver to miss some some time. Having Shaq added in there, and then I believe they brought up uh, Brandon Bryan, uh, Brandon Bryan as well to the uh, practice squad. So he, you know, somebody else may be getting elevated um, to the to the fifty three man to to address for this game as well. So um, a lot of cool uh, views out here, like I said, in the comments. Glad you guys are out there interacting. Keep it coming. Um, we had Edmonds on his game. You showed that one. Sorry, I had queued a couple up here. I got to find it. Um, and then you saw the, the linemen playing the advantage. I think, um, again, our defensive linemen are going to have to win one-on-one -on -one battles. And that was the sickest thing to see against L.A., right? These guys are beating their man one-on-one. -on -one. You saw Von Miller just absolutely destroying Notebloom time after time, you know. Uh, go out there. Dave Myers, uh, our, our Don Perrion, right? He just uh, posted on Twitter. Find him, Dave Myers, on Twitter, all right? He's got the AJ Epinesa appreciation post. Great game from AJ. You know, you love yeah, to see Yeah, by the way, I met, I met his uncle right before that game, just saying. At That's practice. dope, dude, yeah. And AJ had a phenomenal game because you just met his uncle and threw right down the family tree all that energy, brother. We love it. So, of course, guys, we are live here in the sit-down on the Built-In Buffalo Network in partnership with Picasso's Pizza, Ticket IQ, and West Her. We are live here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right now, myself, your host, the Buffalo Sauce God, and, of course, my co-host and analyst, the Mafia Montage at LancerN24 on Twitter, are discussing the trench report for this Bills and Titans matchup. We love what you guys are saying out there in the comments. Keep those comments flowing. Of course, if you are just now tuning in, though, do me a favor. Hit that like and share button. We appreciate all the support, guys. Go Bills. We're getting you guys absolutely fired up and amped up with Rated R Sauce God for this Monday night football home opener oh, for the baby. Buffalo Prime Bills 22 time. and 23 season. Of course, we are on that Super Bowl run. It is week two. And Lance, it has been a really incredible start to this football season. Last night was even an incredible game between the Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. But oh, yeah. it's something that, again, Makes me look at take a look at the coaching, which is what we're going to get into next. Of course, this coaching matchup, these are two of what people say are the better coaches in the game. Now, let's take a look at this. Sean McDermott versus Mike Vrabel, the outlook amongst this. Mike Vrabel has been the coach in Tennessee for a few years and has had some playoff success, and same thing with Sean McDermott. Neither have won a Super Bowl or even had a Super Bowl appearance. However, right now it looks like Mike Vrabel kind of owns this matchup. So, Lance... Talk to me about what do you think the matchup looks like between these two coaches? Yeah, I mean, I don't think Rabel did anything to win the game last year. I think, again, Allen slipped on a fourth down, go for it play, and, you know, that's all out on the field. That has nothing to do with coaching, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, I think that, um, yeah, McDermott doesn't have the record, but he's going to even it up here uh, this week, and I think he's going to really show. McDermott's going to come out here, I believe, and kind of flex you know, on Brable. I think that's going to be uh, something we're going to see here just uh, with a couple different matchups here where we keep facing the same team over and over again. We have a little stumble here and there. And I think this year we're going to get those games and we're going to, you know, show out. And I think LA was a perfect example of how, you know, we get that game. They kind of make it close after we're shooting ourselves in the foot and then we flex and we go and we win by three touchdowns and they, we shut them out in the second half. So I think it's going to be similar to that. I think you're going to have, you know, figuring it out in the first quarter or something like that. And then we're just going to have, you know, this team just firing on all cylinders. Now, when I examine top coaches in the NFL, I'll tell you some of the guys that I think are some of the best coaches in the NFL. Sean McDermott being one, I think Sean McVay, you definitely have to consider one of them as well. I think as much as I hate to say, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, uh, can't say John Harbaugh anymore, but I'll definitely say that Mike Vrabel is considered by a lot of people to be one of those top head coaches. However, I think that he's been blessed with a really great lineup 
and a great team. And I think that he's made some very questionable coaching decisions, especially in the playoffs last year. I think that ultimately the Bengals made that Super Bowl because of the mistakes that Mike Vrabel made as far as coaching timeouts. So I know in previous times I've talked with people who are fans of other teams, and they've said to me, you know, you think that Sean McDermott's going to get out coaching this game? And no, I do not think that Sean McDermott's going to get out coaching this game. Again, last year, Sean McDermott put faith in his team. Is there anything wrong with believing in the guys that you have out there, the 11 guys that you have out there to get the job done, especially QB1JA17? No, there is not. In fact, every coach should be modeled after something like that because I'll tell you what, as a player, it makes me want to play that much harder. It makes me want to fight that much harder. And as a team and as a unit, it brings that much more together as far as chemistry because we have the belief in the coaches. We have the belief in each other. We have the belief in the fans. Let's believe it and put it on the field right now and put it all together. That's kind of the mindset that exists. Mike Graber has done a good job with this Tennessee Titans and getting them into positions to be successful, especially was it 2019 against the Patriots in the playoffs that the Tennessee Titans upset them. Incredible. Yes. However, has not produced a Super Bowl berth, and especially in previous years where the Titans might have been the best team in the AFC, whatever you want to say. But Mike Vrabel, I think, is not the better coach in this game. I think that Sean McDermott truly is the better coach. I think that this is not a game that necessarily matters as much about coaching. It matters more about preparation and who we have on the field, right? So I think that the roster that the Buffalo Bills have is much different than the roster that the Tennessee Titans have. I think that we're much more superior in every aspect of the game. I think that the Bills, they might not have the most uh, talented safety, as I saw someone in the comments say, but they do have the most talented safety tandem in football. They just have everything that they absolutely need, even with the absence of a guy like Tredavious White. And, of course, we will talk a little bit too – uh, Mafia Montage, if you don't mind having that uh, injury report here in just a little bit, because we are, of course, discussing this head coaching matchup between Mike Vrabel and Sean McDermott. Now, I think that Sean McDermott's the better coach, in my opinion. I think that what he's changed and done with this Buffalo Bills team, I mean, Tennessee has had some success in the years that Mike Vrabel wasn't there. Even right. the years that Jeff Fisher was there, I mean, you know, Chris Johnson, it, there were guys that actually had some success. You know, even Vince Young briefly, but of course we know how that played out. But I just think that Sean McDermott, for what he's changed as far as culture within this organization, is exactly why he is the better better coach, in my opinion. And I think that he's the better coach to be for this team because, as I've said, I don't think he's a coach. It's more like Father McDermott, Papa McDermott, whatever you want to call him, Daddy McDermott, if you want to call him that. I think that Sean McDermott means a lot to this team. Uh, Lance, let's check in with some of those comments, of course, before we move on to our offensive and defensive keys to the game. Yeah, Dave Myers coming in here. McD now has Allen and will ride or die with this guy. And that's that's why the players rally around this guy so much, right? I mean, he's just literally putting like, hey, I can only do so much. You got to execute it. Go do it. And that's he puts the responsibility where it should be on uh, on the players. Uh, this is an interesting one, too. Over under on number of punts. What do you got? Um, as far as the bills, I'm going to say over under zero, we're going to go under if possible, we're going to have negative funds. <laughs> that's my, that's my, that's my guess. And of course, two guys at the very end of the show, me and Lance will pull up some of these spreads that will take place from Sunday until Monday night and talk about some of the games that we're most looking at. Of course, we do not encourage or endorse any illegal or underage gambling bet and play at your own risk. Me and Lance are just simply here to have fun. Of course, it is legal in the state that we live. However, we have still got more to discuss as far as this Bills and Titans Monday night football home opener in Orchard Park on Monday night. And yes, there are two games on Monday night, but the Bills start first. And I think that when it looks at when you look at the nation, the Bills are probably going to be the team that everybody's watching across the nation. We're finally getting that kind of respect. So let's, of course, move on to what we've got to say out there. I appreciate all the comments coming through. Keep them coming. Hit that like and share button if you are just now tuning into the sit down here on the Built-in Buffalo Network live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So now let's talk, Lance, about the offensive keys to the game. What are your offensive keys for the Buffalo Bills to win this football game? And I'm just going to read the injury report real quick that you mentioned just because I want to get it out of the way. And plus, it kind of leads to the offensive keys a little bit. We have Tommy Doyle, full practice, foot injury. Quinton Morris coming back full practice from his hamstring, right? So that's why I wanted to read that. Now on defense, we do have Dane Jackson, Ed Oliver, Tim Settle not practicing. They have one more chance tomorrow. We'll see if any of them can give it a go. Otherwise, we could be looking at a couple of rookies on the outside at cornerback, and we'll talk about that when we get the defense, right? But for offense, Quinton Morris could be active this week, right? So what are we going to do? 
more personnel matchups. Um, I wasn't super thrilled with the way Gilliam came in motion and tried to kind of be a lead blocker through the sweep. They ran multiple sweeps on the outside with all the running backs. And every time it seemed like Gilliam just didn't know where to go and who to block to get the lane opened up. And uh, one, the first one, he was just terrible. He went and double teamed a guy. And then the guy he was supposed to block came in and, and made the tackle um, on Singletary, I believe. So <clears throat> one of those things where I think the offensive keys of the game is execution, right? We can't shoot ourselves in the foot. You said that earlier that you have to execute. You have to block. You get your hat on hat, block your guys, and then execute. Allen's there. You know what Allen's going to do, right? So he, he doesn't disappoint. I'm, I'm done trying to be coy about that. Allen's going to fall out. That's what he does, man. It's prime time. He loves the lights. Let's go. I mean, these guys got to protect him. They got to give him just enough time. And they've and then Ken Dorsey is so fluent with Josh Allen now. Play calling, I think. I think we saw that a little bit. I'm so excited to see how Dorsey calls this game. And just, you know, we talked about unleashing Allen, I think, two seasons ago. This is like, I feel like, the real unleashing of Josh Allen. Of course, um, as far as offensive keys to the game, and I'm curious as to what you guys are in the comments saying as well um, here just in, in just a moment. But what I'm thinking here is this, Lance, of course, I don't want to see the turnovers that I saw happen last week. I do not need to see interceptions happening because we're afraid of getting hit by uh, a defensive player, right? And, of right. course, that's what I think happened with Isaiah McKenzie. Even with Jamison Crowder, I thought that he kind of shied away from kind of cutting up towards the ball, but that one I'll still put on Josh. But I don't need to see that. I don't need to see James Cook coming in the game and fumbling. I don't need to see Zach Moss coming in the game and fumbling, especially for these guys who are trying to command more touches on the football field. You're not going to get more touches, of course, if you're turning the football over. So, number one, no turnovers. Number two, I don't want any sort of stupid penalties. I want. I thought that we got up to the line of scrimmage quickly. I thought that we were in command of the game. It looked like we knew what we were doing. It didn't look like we were inexperienced out there, and it didn't look like that we were not prepared. I thought Ken Dorsey, as you pointed out, called an immaculate game. I thought that he did a great job in his first situation, especially with a defense like the, defense, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, of course, too. So I want to see Ken Dorsey kind of come out and have that same mindset. However, and if it does rain, times, what do you think that does for the, you know, turn you're, you're talking about the turnovers. So well, I just wanted to get you on that, but you know, if it does have some weather out there, what do you think that does for the turnover battle and, and how that affects it? I don't think it necessarily matters as much when it comes to the world of Josh Allen. Josh Allen doesn't seem to let, you know, the weather truly affect his game. I mean, look at that game against the Patriots where there was all that wind, right? Mac Jones throws the ball twice and he throws it like three yards. Can't get it done. All right. Josh Allen throws a fucking dime and somehow Stefan Diggs drops it in the end zone. And it was like a 40, 50 yard bomb in like 40, 50 mile an hour wins. It just does not matter when the world of Josh Allen, however, I need to see the running back secure the football. So I think that might mean that Devin Singletary might be on the football field a little bit more. However, I liked that Sean McDermott did put James Cook back in the game. You don't want to take away the kid's confidence just because he makes a mistake. Guys make mistakes all the time. How Adrian Peterson, as great as he was, was one of the most fumbling running backs ever to play the football game. In fact, Josh Allen fumbled the ball quite a a bit in his first few seasons as well. And it's something that he's worked on tightening up. So I think that the rain... Might have an effect maybe for the Tennessee Titans, but the Buffalo Bills sure as hell have got to get ready for those elements, of course. But back to the offensive case of the game, I think, again, take care of the football, control the clock, keep the ball out of the hands of Derrick Henry, and make that uh, defense not have to work as hard. Because I'll tell you what, week one, the defense continuously bailed out the offense for any mistakes that they made. They would get the ball back. They, oh, you know, Josh throws a pick, Dane Jackson gets a pick. I love the way that we responded. So I think offensively, we just got to continue that continuity, let Ken Dorsey and Josh do what they're doing, and let's have some consistency as far as who's going to carry the football and who's going to be out there. I'd love to see Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis have that same uh, type of game. Gabe Davis with four catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, eight catches, 122, and a touchdown. Efficient games from our wideouts as well. I think that is what we're going to absolutely need to see for this team to really just beat the shit out of the Titans. Not even win, but beat the shit out of the Titans. So let's check in with some more of the comments real quick on as far as the offensive keys to the game. Lance, take this one, brother. Yes, we can agree with that. Do you agree with that? Sauce yeah. God. I, I've never disagreed, and I've said it. Me neither. On shows. I've never said that Devin Singletary needed to be uh, needed to be gone. I never said that he needed to be replaced. I've always thought that Devin Singletary thrived in the role that he has on this offense because it's not a run-heavy running back team. 
but he's a guy that makes use of his touches and he takes care of the ball. Uh, who y'all lean towards at the slot? Crowder. Crowder. And I think it's 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 simple as day. And I'll talk about this first and I'll let Lance discuss this as well. I think that Crowder is the veteran. He's proven. He looked like he made more of a difference, right? Josh needed somebody on third down. Crowder was there. Crowder made use of his touches. He got open. He showed exactly why we signed him in the offseason anyways and why he was a guy that people slept on. He just needed an actual quarterback to get him the football and an actual offensive unit. So I like Seeing Crowder more this week, I don't think that we necessarily won't see McKenzie, but I think that McKenzie definitely made it really easy for Crowder to get more touches this game. What do you think, Montage? Yeah, I mean, I think Crowder could have come back on that second interception too and try to make a play on the ball. I think, you know, he had a little bit of hand in that second interception, but he's, he didn't hand it to the guy like McKenzie did. So, I mean, the one cool thing about McDermott, going back to the coaching matchup and, and all this stuff about the coaches is McDermott is so consistent. You mentioned he, he put James Cook back in, right? He just keeps the rotation going. He keeps these guys going through the rotations. And yeah, he does get, send a message through playing time when he has to, you know, when the guys make these errors. But for the most part, he's putting the faith in the players, like we said before. So it's really cool how like just down to earth McDermott is and just so consistent. He's so level headed. He never gets too high or too low. He says, all right, guy you didn't do your job this play, but go back out there. Now we need you go do your job. And you know, they don't, they haven't disappointed a ton. So, I mean, that's just a really cool thing about having, you know, McDermott being even a defensive coach, having such patience with these offensive guys and just making sure that he's consistent. So they always know where they stand and they're just very, very comfortable with their rotation and with the offense itself. Of course, I appreciate what you got to say there, Montage. Way to break it down. And, of course, I love what you guys out there in the comments are saying. Keep them coming. Of course, we are live here on the sit-down in the built-in Buffalo Network discussing the keys to the game. And now let's switch from offensive over to defensive. And, Lance, I'll let you start us off here. What are the keys for this Buffalo Bills defensive unit to help secure a win in Orchard Park on Monday night? I think Daquan Jones and, and Phillips and whoever's on the interior this week really has to clear the way, let those linebackers flow and just make the plays they need to in the run game. And then the rest of it will take care of themselves. Even if we only have, we're playing two rookie CBs on the outside with Tron Johnson in the slot, we still have that scheme, right? With the safeties and all that, that's, that's the bread and butter. So whether the two rookies are out there or not, it's a, it's mostly a zone scheme with, you know, pretty simple instructions for those two outside cornerbacks, unless your name's, Levi Wallace and you let Travis Kelsey run up the seam like an idiot. Sorry. Got off track. Um, no, uh, <laughs> no. So I think the, the key is getting those linebackers free, keeping them free. And then the linebacker play flowing right in the run game, but also reacting to that play action. That's going to be huge, right? They're going to hit them with the play action. I don't think they have anything to really hit a home run over the top. I mean, maybe woods, but I don't think so. I don't think they have much. So it's going to be, you know, this medium passing game out of the play action. So these linebackers got to be uh, filling their their uh, zones and and making the right plays. What do you think? So as far as defensively, again, you know, back to what I was saying earlier, just make sure that Derrick Henry does not get it going, right? Because Derrick Henry is the only thing that has ever truly beaten. Okay, no, I, I say that. A.J. Brown also, too. A.J. Brown in the last two years was very effective in also beating us. But going back to what I was saying, too, I think that those two losses were somewhat of a fluke. But don't let Derrick Henry get it going. I don't want to see us tackling scared. When I say that, I mean tackling guys for another one or two yard gain instead of a, you know, stopping him dead in his tracks. Like I kind of saw Dane Jackson do a couple of times in LA. I don't want to see Josh Norman type of tackling. I don't want to see Micah Hyde, no offense, taking a bad route on Derrick Henry there. However, I just want to see us playing tough. I don't want to see us getting bullied. I think that part of the reason those offensive holdings were not called was because we were getting bullied. We weren't standing up. So we have to command respect, and that's a different thing that we have with Vaughn Miller on that defensive unit. Now I think adding Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson, those two guys are better in the run game. I thought that we did a really good job against the run. I mean, sure, Daryl Henderson was really all they got going as far as the run game, but Cam Akers, three carries, zero yards. I thought that we were effective in that department. So – I look at Robert Woods. Yes, I still respect what Robert Woods can do, but I'm not afraid of Ryan Tannehill. I'm more afraid of 22, actually technically now two, 
back there for uh, the Tennessee Titans. Of course, Derrick Henry's the kind of guy that can carry the ball 35, 40 times a game. We saw him do that back in his days in Alabama. So don't let him get it going. Don't let him find a way to be a difference in this game. Stop them early. Get the ball back for our offense, and that way we can put points up and kind of start to bolster up that lead. I'm curious to see, though, real quick before we move on to what you guys out there are saying in the comments as far as what do the Bills need to do defensively to help win this game. So let's see, Lance, what do we got out there? Yeah, I got this one here. Uh, who takes a bigger step this season, Basham or Epinesa? I think Basham has a bigger step that he can take being the younger player and not really having too much run last year. So he could, he just by chance is going to probably be the bigger step, but Epinesa is going to be more noticeable because he's going to have more of the snaps, right? He had an incredible game in LA game one. And again, uh, find Dave Myers on Twitter. He's our Don Perrion and built in Buffalo and just watch that Epinesa appreciation post a little bit. Oliver and settle, um, you know, I'm torn on this one too. This is a good point. Do you knowingly rest them? I don't, I don't see that if they're good enough to go, I think they play. So, and, and that's Jason saying here, if they're, if they're going to be able to practice tomorrow and I expect one of the two will, I'm just not, haven't figured which one yet, but I, I think one of the two will actually end up practicing tomorrow and will end up playing. And I think the other one will sit, sit out. I don't think both are going to actually be in the game, but been wrong before and i'll probably be wrong again of course i see a lot of comments still flying in guys we do have to of course move on however i appreciate all the comments at the very end of the show we're going to have mafia montages maniac of the week and of course sauce god's wing recommendation of the week as well as some of the betting looks that were spreads overs unders and types of things like that let's keep moving out of here let's move on to our score predictions which i saw just call me kg asking about lance what is your score prediction for this football game Forty. Four to seven. 44 to seven. Huh? Buffalo Bills Ooh. roll on okay. Monday night. And really, like I said, I think this Free is going score. to be kind of like a flex game. We're going to go out there with a chip on our shoulder and we're going to actually, you know, put the, you know, this is why we're number one in all the power ranking. This is why more money has been bet on the Bills in Vegas than any other team to win the Super Bowl. And we're going to show it Monday night. We got you. You know what I always say, right? <laughs> say two things: bills by a billion or bills by a hundred. I think that realistically, when I look at this game, I'm gonna say Buffalo Bills. We got to put up forty this week. We should have put up forty last week, right? So I'm gonna say Buffalo Bills forty-five. One more than forty-four. I'm gonna say Bills forty-five to nine. Three field goals for the Tennessee Titans. I don't think that they score the football. I think that Von Miller and that defensive line are going to just be like, screw you, Derek. Fuck you, Derek. Fuck you, Ryan. That kind of mentality, right? Because I think that we have a sour taste in our mouth. We know that this team has been in our path. We know that it's a team that we've got to get past. And right now we've got the team to do so. So I'm like at 45-9. Mafia Montage says 44-7. What are you guys out there in the comments saying as far as the score predictions? But it's Monday Night Football, home opener in Orchard Park. Let's see right here. Of course, I've got anybody else here. Bills 38-17 from Daniel. I love it. 34-16 from Jason Taylor. I love it as well. And, of course, you guys are – oh, we got from the Sauce Goddess, by the way. Alara says 45 nothing. Great on the under, too. 47 and a half. She's coming 38, in. 38-17 <laughs> says Johnny Bumgarner. And then we've got 35 to 34 to 13. From spin and 35 to 13 for Brian Woods. So everybody looks like the consensus here for the Bill to Buffalo media eh? is that the Bills are going to win this game and do so in incredible fashion. So let's also see this one more too. 42 to nine nine from just call me KG. I like that nine point. Yeah, me and KG are thinking alike. Let's move on, Lance. Of course, we appreciate everybody for their comments and everything so far. We are not done just yet. We've got more ahead. We've got to take a look at these betting spreads over unders and money lines and what me and Lance are looking at this week. And of course, his maniac of the week and sauce god's wing of the week we appreciate you guys here on the built in buffalo network live here on the sit down lance let's talk about what games you and i are taking a look at and if anybody out there participates in sports betting please let us know who you're also looking at let's take a look at some of these lines right here lance yeah great lines you know you got a lot of upper 30s mid 40s 
lines here. Not a ton of not a ton. You look of at that Cleveland Browns, numbers. right? My, minus six and a half against the Jets. You know what I mean? Like you really think Easy the Browns money. are going to cover seven against the Jets? Okay. Now I look at this one: Tampa Bay and New Orleans over under forty four. I have a thing. I love the NFC South. Anytime it's over under in the forties, I go over. Last week it proved to, to work on my five team parlay, so I'm taking a look at that. I like the over at forty four points against Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay and New Orleans Saints. Um, Saints are two and a half point underdogs there too. I mean, phew. the Buccaneers ain't necessarily have me sold just yet. But of course, let's take a look at some of these other ones too. The Patriots are currently favored over the Steelers. That's incredible. Uh, I'm hammering. I'm hammering Pittsburgh. Are you kidding now, me? Look at this one. The what Jaguars are, are three-point underdogs, by the way, against Indianapolis. Last time that this happened, uh, it turns out that the Indianapolis Colts lost in a game that uh, everybody was kind of shocked by, right? So let's see if we can. I am absolutely up. hammering Pittsburgh. And uh, where's the plus? Where's the other plus? Uh, I was going plus one and a half on Washington as well. Just like what they're doing there, and I think giving them points. Uh, I don't, I'm not really sold on Detroit. Everyone's darling just because they're on TV. I don't, sorry, they're not that good. I mean, the Packers are ten point favorites over the Chicago Bears too, and I mean that's that's a game that obviously a lot of people kind of look at because Aaron Rodgers is success. Um, I also take a look at too the Raiders are five point favorites over the Cardinals. I like that that the Raiders are going to bounce back in the second week now. Kind of get it. Um, getting a little bit of experience underneath their belts. So these are, of course, the spreads provided by DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, guys, we do not encourage or endorse any illegal or underage gambling of any sort. Bet and play at your own risk. But that is my pick of the week, by the way. The over-under, I'm going to say over 44 points for that Buccaneers and Saints game, that MC matchup. Of course, guys, we have got I'm two more things. I'm hammering plus points, baby. I love that. Of course, Mafia Montage wins, and so do I. But I also do not bet a ton of money. I just like to make parlays and games a little bit more interesting. So let's move on to our final two segments, Mafia Montage's Maniac of the Week. Who do you got from last week's win, 31-10 over the Los Angeles Rams? Yeah, last week we had uh, Gabe Davis scored a touchdown. Great. And now I'm a sucker for alliteration here. Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week, Matt Milano. Why not? Right? A lot of ams. Let's Talk go. Ams. We're going for it. Uh, okay. You know, I said linebacker play is going to be huge in the defense keys. He is our best linebacker, and he's going to show that he is the best linebacker I'm on Monday it. night. I'm loving it, of course. Uh, that is Mafia Montage's main hack of the week, and that is going to transition us to our next segment, which is Sauce God's Wing of the Week. And this week, I'm going to tell you what, guys. Ooh, it's always a tough one, right? But this one is a little shout-out to my hometown of Dunkirk, New York, Pizza Village, of course, owned by the Panaki family. Pizza Village, which I ranked, I believe, 9.1, I believe it was. Pizza Village, Dunkirk, New York, there on Route 5 against the lake. Love you guys very much. That is Sauce God's wing recommendation of the week, and that is going to be the end of the show this week. I want to say to everybody out there that commented, thank you so much for all the likes and shares and comments. I'd like to say thank you to my co-host, Mafia Montage, and again, welcome back, brother. If you've got any closing comments, the floor is yours. Love you all. Super tough day. I appreciate all the love and support. Much uh, love, lost, buddy. lost my dog today and uh, yep. had him for nine years. Just a great, great uh, part of my family, and you know we're going to miss him. But uh, much love to everyone. A lot of support out there, and I just appreciate the hell out of Bills Mafia. And I cannot wait to see you all Monday night, guys. Let's go, Bills! Of course, Mafia Montage, we love you very much, brother. Our thoughts are with you as always, man. God bless. I want to say to all you guys out there in Bill's Mafia, thank you for tuning into the sit-down Friday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter in partnership with Picasso's Pizza, Ticket IQ, and West Her. Of course, I am the Buffalo Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God on Twitter. And this is my co-host, Mafia Montage, at Lancer and 24. And guys, from all of us here at Built in Buffalo, we say to you, God bless. And go Bills, baby. Let's go kick some ass Monday night, and let's get to 2-0. Go Bills.